0: Co-podcast features adult themes and graphic descriptions of violence. Listener discretion is advised. Don't drink the Kool-Aid.
1: these, These are, are our opinions. opinions. Thank you for tuning into Cult Podcast. I'm Paige Wesley.
0: And I'm Armando Torres. And
1: with us we have Andre Agassetta. Yay. Yay! And it's Armando's week. Yes!
0: Hello! It's my week again. Uh, we're preparing for something super special for you guys, so I'm doing another episode.
1: It's because I am buried in research for a three parter after yeah. this. Yeah.
0: Super excited. Uh, today we have got. A kind of a fun one, kind of a historical one, uh, fun fact about my life, I have recently been devoting all of my time to Red Dead Redemption 2. It's a fun game that I'm playing and that Paige definitely remembers Jake playing.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, you're like eight months behind. I don't oh, know if you yeah. know. I thought you were going to say Paige definitely remembers Jake living. <laughs> he does look <laughs> he like the guy. He looks like the main yeah. character.
0: And also act like and uh, sound like and probably smell like. He smells like a real man. Every time I see Jake, I'm like, oh, you smell like you do good work.
1: <laughs> my favorite. <my> f- <laughs> My favorite was after Doug met him. Doug texted me. He's like Jake's like he's cool, but like a cool ranch dude. Yeah. And he was like not like the chip, like an actual ranch. And I was like, "No, also like the chip." That's why I'm interested.
0: Uh, there is a mission in Red Dead Redemption 2 where you uh, where you discover the the flavor cool ranch. <laughs> yes, that is part of it. Uh, no, it's it's a great game. I got the game Uh, for free. Nice. (laughs) And I just hadn't been playing it because I was playing Far Cry a bunch, which is why we got, you know, the the Far Cry uh, April Fool's Day episode. Yep. Um, And so I thought it'd be kind of interesting to travel back to the Wild West and give us a cult from then times. Hooray! Yippee-ki-yay, mother (laughs) This one. This one's really uh, interesting in that it's not necessarily a cult as far as it's kind of a new religious movement that got seen as a cult I guess that you can chalk this one up in our like kind of our voodoo type deal our consenting adults doing weird shit file yeah and not even necessarily weird shit just uh just kind of like uh, consenting adults doing things that white people are like the fuck is that there and then getting all up in arms about it
2: okay literal arms literal arms
0: yeah they grew up, white people went, what? And then they grew more arms. I was going to say,
1: bare arms or person arms?
0: <laughs> so before we get into it, I just want to give you guys an introduction.
1: Oh, is this going to happen the whole time? I'm going
0: to talk like this the whole time, partner. Your throat's going to be so sore. No, this is actually a very comfortable way to speak. It's mm-hmm. very soft on the throat. <clears> throat> I'm not going to talk like that. Thank but God. I am going to give us a very pretentious introduction. Oh for most of us the wild west is one of the defining times in america's history the iconic era that followed the civil war conjures up images of dangerous outlaws heroic gunslingers and countless miles of endless opportunity for many americans the move west represents freedom the freedom to leave your old life behind and to become an entirely new person in a whole new world but this new life came at the expense of lives that have existed for generations No other phrase is as linked to the Wild West as cowboys and Indians. The duo is as iconic as milk and cookies, even though they often got along like oil and water. In our movies, our stories, and the games we played as children, we idolized the cowboy, gritty men who lived to be free, that distinct type of freedom that meant living for no one but yourself. And whether you call it the Westward Expansion or Manifest Destiny, for many, it had a much less enticing name, Foreign Invasion in the west settlers found roving groups of natives who weren't willing to give up their homes so that a group of europeans could have a shot at a new life and if you know anything about americans you know that they're willing to fight tooth and nail for their freedom and that goes double for the true americans who called these lands home for thousands of years today i'm here to tell you a story of that fight a story of prophets a story of changing tradition a story that ends in one of the bloodiest massacres in american history today We're covering the ghost dance movement and the prophet Jack Wilson.
1: Pretentious ass
0: (laughs) I write introductions like I'm writing a fucking college thesis paper. (laughs) Which is super fun and I love it a lot.
1: I know, imagine if you'd done that in college.
0: Yeah, instead I was, uh, I actually didn't even really go to college. I went to community college for a a, part of a semester and most of that was just smoking weed being like, I'm gonna be a famous rapper one day.
1: (laughs) I mean close, right?
0: Yeah, it's about as close as you can get.
2: 420, dog. Uh,
0: I want to give you guys a couple of sources on this episode. Uh, An article on religion and expressive culture of the Northern Paiute from every culture. Ghost Dance, a religious cult, posted on thewildwest.org. Little bit of a bias there. Uh, The Ghost Dance Religion by James Mooney. And multiple articles from ghostdance.us. So... The Northern Paiute people come from the Great Basin, an area that spans across modern-day California, Western Nevada, and Southeast Oregon. Do you guys know where the Great Basin is? Does that sound familiar to you guys?
2: No. Yes.
0: Yeah, I think I think it's kind of a West Coast thing because I know it. It's a Great Basin area is like I said. It's like uh, California, Nevada, and Oregon. The Great Basin Desert is the largest desert in uh, America. And I think it's bordered by, fuck, don't quote me on this, the Savannah Desert, the Colorado Rockies, and some other thing on the other side. But it's a huge desert, and uh, it, it's like, it's kind of the area that you think of when you think of the Wild West like dirt, tumbleweeds, cacti, uh, horses roving over the hills. So that's kind of the setting of the place that we're talking about.
2: There's a snake in my boot.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the thing about the Great Basin is you're legally required to say there's a snake in my boot or howdy partner every other sentence. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's punishable by cow law.
2: (laughs) Is that reinforced by the county sheriff?
0: (laughs) (laughs) You bet bet your sweet branded ass it is. Howdy. Uh, Thank you. There's a
1: howdy in my boot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That legally counts. Hello, Snake I... Snake partner. I'm Bradley Le Snake, a simple g- snakey... Lo- nope, I can't make it work. I tried to make... I tried to give Brad Laveau a reptile grandfather, and it didn't work.
1: You mean Squire? Oh, oh shit. shit! Yes!
0: Everything that's makes sense enough. if you give it a long S, because that's what snakes do. Howdy, partner. Uh, Traditionally, the Paiute people live nomadic lifestyles, traveling in small bands of two or three families. Uh, So they basically travel like punk rockers, just small bands traveling across the country (laughs) and uh, mostly independent. Uh, However, in the early 1840s, foreign settlers began making their way to western nevada and the Paiute people realized there was strength in numbers all of the roving bands converged into one singular and sedentary group in modern day nevada as the foreign white settlements progressed into larger cities the competition for resources increased and oftentimes this competition escalated into actual war like the pyramid lake war of 1860 the owens valley war of 1861 and the snake war in 1864. Uh, where Brad Laveau's grandfather proudly served his country and lost his life. Okay. (laughs) I didn't say they were all going to be good.
2: (laughs) Well, I mean, like, one of the biggest conflicts at this time is just the fact that Native people were kind of like, yeah, we just kind of wander through, we kind of take what we need, and then we just kind of keep moving. Like, in a way, they were like buffalo or bison at the time where they were just like, the herd would move, and they would use the resources in one area and keep moving so that those resources could replenish themselves. Whereas, like, settlers would farm land until the Dust Bowl Happened and ruined land by kind of like taking everything they could, but they also didn't abide by other people having any sort of access to their land. So white people saw land as like this thing that I own, whereas like native people were just like, no, we just all kind of share it and I don't want you in my space and like we'll yeah, figure like, like I don't it's fine you you
1: don't bother me yeah right? and
2: a lot of that too has to do with the natural rhythms of the the nature the or I guess the natural rhythms of the environment so like fish come at this season or like deer are more plentiful at this season so we'll have events to like hunt them and store meat for times when it's more difficult so like they were just kind of using the land in a way that was compatible with what the land was, as opposed to, like, white settlers kind of, like, trying to be like, no, this is the thing, and the thing, it's a very German thing to just be like, no, you will bend to my will, you know? It's, <laughs> it's very, it's my people. Uh, yeah. yeah.
0: But all of these wars that happened over, like, the property, they all had the exact same storyline. The natives and settlers would have a disagreement over who had rights to which property. One side would retaliate against the other, and then the other side would fire back, and soon an all-out battle would ensue. And it was usually settled by the United States bringing in its army, which is... The political equivalent of, like, slapping your older brother and then yelling, Mom, before he can hit you back. Just show a bigger force comes and is like, if you hit your brother, I will (laughs) blast cannons at you. you
2: Yeah, except uh, the government was really only on one kid's side.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just like most moms. You only.
2: You're an only (laughs) child.
0: Still not her favorite. In battle, the settlers almost always won. They had more manpower, they had more firepower, and they even had a secret weapon... Disease. Ooh. White settlements were rampant with smallpox, measles, and the flu, but unlike their foreign enemies, the natives had no immunity to the diseases. Fucking white people getting sick all the time, hosting podcasts, and then giving each other the cold.
1: Well, it's, I mean, they're, they're diseases that are generational in a way. Like, they are societal. Yeah. And they've never been introduced. That's why it's so dangerous when we interact with, like untouched
2: communities because we have the potential to kill them there's a really good book that covers the entire subject of immunology and like pre-settlement america it's called 1491 and in it the researcher hypothesizes that native people have specific platelets that are more resistant to like paramecium and like um what's like parasitic Okay. Things so like the the immunity that they have evolved with what was present in the environment in North America because they were exposed to because it they're more. exposed to it yeah. whereas like white settlers because Europeans grew up with like cattle and sheep and pigs the diseases that are related to those like smallpox which originally came from. It's similar to cowpox, which is right. a cow disease, because we evolved having these livestock animals that our immunology is more suited to diseases like viruses and bacterial infections. So native people had a perfect
1: resistance for, where they for were. what,
2: yeah, for what yeah. developed around them. It's really interesting. We
1: see this other places, too. That's also why, like, if you travel abroad to certain places, you have to get shots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, you know, we don't necessarily have the same resistance to something like malaria. Right. That's way more common in other places. And that's just kind of something that happens when you grow up in a certain place where diseases are common and you're exposed to them all the time. Your body learns to fight them off. But if you've never experienced them and then you come in contact with somebody who is infected, you're done. Your body doesn't know what to do to it. Yeah, very interesting. So in
0: 1872, President Ulysses S. Grant decided to try a more refined approach to America's then policy of just removing Native people from their land and telling them to fuck off, in lack of better terms. What he did was he set up a reservation for the Northern Paiute in Southeast Oregon. He hoped the distance and seclusion would put an end to the violence in the West. However, President Grant missed a major detail— even if you're a super chill guy about it, people don't want to uproot their lives and leave their home to live on a shitty piece of land in Oregon unless they have a handlebar mustache and like a really niche business like idea, like an
1: organic <laughs> coffee bar yeah. or something like that. Then they
0: do and they move to
1: Portland. <laughs> Pieces of fancy tattoo shop. Yeah, or...
0: I'm not even mad at people from Portland. I just hate your business ideas. <laughs>
1: Some sort of organic pet food empire.
2: Uh, yeah, these are like organic unicycles. I know so. that we're also
1: saying this sitting literal feet from an organic market full of CBD products.
0: Um,. Only three bands made their way to the reservation, and even they couldn't escape the fighting. The three bands in Oregon faced multiple skirmishes with the Nevada Volunteer Cavalry, a group of Union soldiers who had fought in the Civil War, which happened a decade earlier. Since the war had ended, they'd seen combat against the Paiute people in a handful of battles over the past few years, because now we're starting to get into what America lovingly called the... uh, I think they've changed it to the Native American Wars, but originally they just called it the Indian Wars.
1: They're like, this is my tour bus. No, your band's on that tour bus. No, I've got this groupie. She was going to slobble my knob. That your girl is ugly. I was just thinking of what bands would fight about. I've never been in a band, so I don't really know. Every
0: drummer is in the back. like, I can't believe these fucking idiots.
1: I better stick my dick in a burrito so my girlfriend can't (laughs) tell what's going on.
0: But one night, around 1878, the Volunteer Cavalry raided the reservation and killed an entire band of the Paiute. And the two remaining bands fled the reservation and returned to the tribe in Nevada. Times had changed. The Paiute realized there was no fighting their invaders. And most men in the tribe found work on white-owned ranches and in nearby cities. It wasn't ideal, but if it meant staying in their home, then it would have to work for now here, by the way, is just an interesting side note. By 1879, just seven years after it was founded, the Paiute Reservation was completely empty. The federal government ended the agreement and returned the land to itself. However, if there's land there, someone's going to fucking use it. And local cattle ranchers began making trails through the unpatrolled land. Ranchers who included the grandfather of Dwight Hammond. <laughs> God damn it! Because today we know this land as the Malheur National Wildlife <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Biss it. Oh,
0: fucking government. <laughs> so, this fucking piece of land, not like, at first the government was like, take it, we don't want it. And then people started using it and they're like, well, hold on. Excuse me, that's government land. <laughs> Do
2: you have a permit to be. It's mine! You said it could be mine!
0: <laughs> One member of this new generation of Paiute people was a boy named Jack Wilson. Although he was born. Kyoitzau in Spring Valley near Carson City, Nevada, in 1856. Kyoitz lived with his tribe until the age of eight, when he was offered seasonal work at a nearby ranch owned by David Wilson. David and his wife Abigail took the boy in and gave him work and a place to live. Essentially, you have the 1800s version of the movie *The Blind Side*, mm-hmm. where they're just, <laughs> they're just riding their horseback one day, and they're like, "David, wait, who's that? That?" That's big coytsy. <laughs>
2: H- like... How fast can you shovel manure, boy? <laughs>
0: Yeah, instead of- it's What the, are your times? It's the same movie, except instead of going to college and playing for the NFL, they were like, ooh, he'd be good to work on the land.
2: Yeah, a lot of times farmers back in the day had so many children is because it was free labor, yeah. essentially. It's yeah. just like, I need someone to do this. Uh, my mom grew up on a farm. That's what's up. <laughs> so a lot of times, um, even like orphanages at this time, children would- essentially be quote-unquote adopted to be slaves to be be free labor for people and they were always like well i'm feeding you and no one else would so you're welcome but they weren't necessarily having good lives
0: when the season ended they invited him to stay and he gladly accepted and began living with the family permanently and they even gave the boy a new name jack wilson uh so like you said, the family basically adopted him. And by all accounts, including accounts of Jack Wilson, they were extremely nice to him. And they treated oh, him. That's nice. They treated him like one of their own. But this, like, name-changing thing has a bit of a backhandedness to it. Because they were definitely like,
1: how do you say your name
0: again? Nah, you're Jack.
1: That's. I have a friend named Sochi, and her name is in Tequadal. Uh-huh. So it's X-O-T-C-H-I-L, Sochi. And that throws people all the time.
0: Yeah, it's, they were, I think the only thing you can live in happiness of is they were the most progressive people in the 1800s. Yeah, I mean, that's not saying much, but yeah, yeah,
2: They sound really nice. They
0: were, they were really nice. They also tried to pass on something else to young Jack Wilson. Christianity.
2: Oh, always.
0: Yeah, because... The nicest people in the 1800s were almost always Christian, and all of the bad people in the 1800s were almost always Christian.
1: Yeah, it's (laughs) proof to everybody at the time. An outlaw would
0: hop off his horse and shoot you in the face and then be like, I did it for God. Thank you, Jesus.
1: (laughs) Oh my God. Just sorry. Speaking of snakes in the desert, did I tell you guys about the YouTube hole that I fell down the other day? No. So there's a YouTube channel called Texas Snake Hunter. You're, you're <laughs> welcome. You are absolutely welcome. Uh, and it's a guy in East Texas that goes out kind of like, like Steve Irwin and like finds snakes in <laughs> Texas and tells you about them. But it's all just like local Texas wildlife. And then as soon as he's done looking at a snake or an animal, he'll be like... Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this beautiful snake. And then sets it down. <laughs> every, every time. And he's like the sweetest dude, but it just cracks me up was. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this armadillo. And you're just like, okay. This is adorable. I can't wait I to I will watch show you it. a video
0: oh, after this. So, I, fucking, we didn't even know stingrays could kill people and they took down Steve Irwin. Be careful, Texas I snake know. hunter. We can't let them
1: get the Texas snake hunter. We, no. like, we couldn't save Steve, but it's not too late for the Texas I'll snake hunter. I'll dive in
0: front of a snake to help out my boy. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this opportunity to help the snake
1: hunt. Yes, that's so cute. It's it's wonderful. He holds
0: me in his arms while I'm dying. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the chance to see this beautiful Mexican.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus, for this Mexican.
0: <laughs> so David began reading Jack the Bible. He taught Jack about a singular God who created everything and about his kingdom in heaven where all of God's people go when they die. And these stories fascinated Jack because the northern Paiute didn't believe in a god. They believed in a higher power that came from nature and its natural occurrences. So the sun, the moon, thunder, stars, the wind, all of these things held power that could be called upon to help them in their daily lives. Think of it like having uh, a naturally occurring Clippy following you around <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> hey, I see you're hunting that bison. Would you like some help with that?
1: It looks like you're fishing. Would you like some help sharpening that spear?
0: <laughs> <laughs> just a giant paperclip dives into the ocean and comes out with several
2: fish. Just <laughs> Clippy with a beard, just like war-torn from being an outdoorsman. Like <laughs> l- 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 lumberjack Clippy. <laughs> (laughs) I gotta
1: chop this wood before the winter comes, or else we'll die of frozation.
0: It was 1861. The stapler wars had just begun. Oh, jeez. I wanna see this gritty reboot of Clippy. (laughs) Microsoft, get Bill Gates. I know you're listening. Get at me. I'm pretty sure this is not
1: high on their product roadmap.
0: Get at me. They also believed in the importance of shaman. Shaman are powerful spiritual leaders who could perform dances to draw power from the nature and ancestral spirits in order to change the weather, help the crops, or prepare the tribe for war. There's also other things, those aren't like the only three things, but those were the main three things that shaman tended to focus on. If
2: you live in Los Angeles, a shaman can actually summon an audition for you. <laughs>
0: Here, also, tuck, <laughs> tuck these
1: crystals into your titties before you go to yoga. <laughs> Burn sure. all the sage, Stacy. Burn all the sage. Charge up your titty crystals and hope for the best.
0: So this is, what, this is basically what the northern Paiute believed. And before his time on David Wilson's ranch, Jack had actually spent his life learning the word of a very powerful Paiute shaman named Wadziwab. Jack and his biological father, Tavibo, were both followers of the highly respected shaman and his prophecy. In the early 1850s, when the northern Paiute were warring with the white settlers, Wadziwab began searching for ways to help his tribe. Wadziwab left the tribe to trek up a mountain in order to better hear the spirits, which is like uh, the ancient way of like lifting up your cell phone to get more bars.
2: <laughs> just, like,
0: I gotta go trek up this mountain, see if I can get 4G on the spirit phone. And when he reached the peak, the spirits sent Wadziwab a vision. A giant earthquake was coming that would swallow everyone whole. But everyone who believed in Wadzuwab and his prophecy would return from the dead to live on the lounge without persecution.
1: Oh, nice.
0: Wadzuwab returned to his tribe and organized a series of round dances, which are community ceremonies where members of the tribe dance in a large circle while drummers and singers create a beat. During his ceremony, Wadzuwab told the Paiute of his trip to the land of the dead and the promises made to him by the spirits. And white settlers and other tribes who witnessed the ceremonies reported that it had a much more eerie vibe. I'm sure they didn't say vibe, but they weren't. <laughs>
1: it's, I don't know. Like, I try to put out good vibes. That's why I have so many houseplants. But, like, sometimes it's just kind of ooky mm-hmm. spooky. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, I can't help but notice you didn't say there's a snake in your boot.
1: How? You're going to jail,
0: Missy! So, the white settlers and other tribes who witnessed it said that it gave off kind of a very eerie feeling, and the terrified witnesses began spreading the news of the Paiutes' new ceremony, calling it the Ghost Dance. Ooh. However, the wars continued, and the great earthquake never came, and people began leaving to find work, including Jack Wilson, who left to go work on a ranch. Waziwab passed away in 1872, but his prophecy and the ghost dance ceremony stuck with young Jack Wilson even after he learned about Christianity.
2: So how old was Jack Wilson when he went to this farm? Eight years old. So, okay, okay. So he was, like, still very impressionable.
0: Yeah, he also... Just because he lives on the ranch does not mean that he doesn't have any contact with his family. I want to be very clear. Okay. They weren't, they weren't, they didn't kidnap him and he still had contact. He just lived on the ranch and worked on the ranch most of his life. But I can't imagine that he spent every single night there. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, In 1887, when Jack was 31 years old, these two religious beliefs collided. And while chopping wood on the Wilson Ranch, Jack Wilson slipped into unconsciousness. According to Jack, he left his physical body behind and was sent to stand before God in heaven. But he wasn't dead. God just wanted to give him a message. God showed Jack a beautiful land filled with enough wild game and resources to last his people generations. He told Jack that this new world would belong not just to his people. It was here that all native people would come together and live peacefully without the troubles of disease, war, or old age. Their ancestors would return and they would live reunited in a heaven on earth with Jack Wilson acting as deputy of the West. When Jack Wilson woke from his vision, he decided it was time to leave the Wilson Ranch and return home to his tribe. He told his people what he learned from his vision, and if all of them lived a life of peace and love, they could help usher in a new and better world for everyone. But how could Jack convince the entire northern Paiute tribe that he was a true prophet? Easy. God had given Jack Wilson the power to control the weather. Just like the chews.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm joking. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. For sure. It's, it's in reference to the uh, many jokes that we've made before and also that other people have s- said. It's so weird. Um, it's something people seriously believe and It blows my mind. <laughs> up until I was in maybe like middle school, I believed truly and honestly that the local weatherman controlled the weather.
1: <laughs>
0: you believed that Dallas Rains <laughs> controlled the weather? I thought that's why they called them weathermen. They could control the weather, and that's why they were in charge of telling it to us. Or what
1: was that other, our other weatherman who uh, sadly passed away uh, when he OD'd on meth? Oh. Did what? you not read about the okay. Oh. No. I was obsessed with the news story. I'm Once sorry. I
0: learned the truth about Weatherman, I completely stopped giving a shit about the news. So You're we, just
1: guessing. Yeah, we, we have a handful of weather people in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. one of whom is Dallas Rains, who that is that can't be his real name. Um and then another one was Chris Burroughs, who passed away earlier this year. Then there's also some girl who wears very
0: interesting dresses. You gotta <laughs> Wear something to stand out on the green screen.
1: Sometimes she forgets. Oh, I love it. It's I love great. It. Those are my oh, favorites. Oh, no.
0: People who could control the weather, or at least claim to, were not uncommon among the Paiute. They were called Dallas Rains. No. no <laughs> point, he's actually an ancient spirit who has existed for many years.
1: Well, that explains his face. And
0: can never die.
2: <laughs> and can't never die.
0: This episode has taken a pivot. We must... Ki- no, I'm not going to... I'm not even going stand- <laughs> to I mean
2: it. We must Don't. kidnap Dallas
1: Reigns and find the Declaration of Independence.
0: <laughs> Bill Gates, get at us. <laughs> You're missing out on millions of dollars.
1: We've found the codes on the back of the cereal boxes and tracked it to Dallas Reigns. The Astro Pizza place? That's not a coincidence. <laughs> That's how all conspiracy theory thought sounds to me.
0: Oh, yeah. They all sound like <laughs> sentences from different conversations. The people who claimed to control the weather in Paiute culture were known as weather doctors or a specific form of shaman who learned weather patterns and could both predict and use the power of nature to change the weather. They all weren't... right,
1: cloud, bend over. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> Aren't. Thunderballs balls a thing or lightning balls what am I thinking about bolts
2: lightning no, bolts no not lightning
0: bolts they're like they're called ball lightning that's what it is ball lightning uh, doesn't matter
1: it's where you get like kicked in the nuts and it's that like shock feeling yeah. that travels up your spine yes God. I know it well. <laughs> oh, my balls always be lightning
0: <laughs> my balls be like and it's just a picture of Thor alright that's fine um, Jack Wilson actually came from a long line of weather doctors his father and his grandfather had both been highly respected shamans who were known to control the weather with ease and according to the Paiute tribe Jack Wilson was even more powerful than they had ever been. Legend has it that Jack Wilson ended the drought by commanding the rain and snow. He also made a block of ice fall from heaven in the middle of the summer months. They say he had so much control over weather that he could light his pipe with the sun and create icicles with just his hand pretty wow. sick this is pretty fucking pretty sick,
2: sick. This, this, are are hours.
1: F- this Jack Frost sequel got <laughs>
0: crazy <laughs> Jack Frost 2 Jack Wilson <laughs> Frosty got jacked okay <laughs> <laughs> Bill Gates get out of uh, wait why would Bill Gates want to make I don't know you Bill Gates is the only person I know that has money. Just please
1: listen to his Viacom.
0: Every single day I send Bill Gates a Venmo request for $600, <laughs> and he has not answered yet.
1: Try sending it to his wife. Oh, Just smart, saying, smart, just smart. saying, just saying. She handles the charities.
0: Through these miracles, Jack Wilson earned the respect of his tribe, and they gave him the new name Wavoka, which is the Paiute word for woodcutter in reference to his first vision, because he had it while he was chopping wood. But Wavoka had many other visions after his first. During the solar eclipse on January 1st, 1889, Wavoka again visited heaven where he was reunited with Wadziwab. His former spiritual leader came to Wavoka with great news. The dead Paiute would soon be resurrected, which does not sound like great news. That is scary. I will admit that. He was like, I got great news. The dead are coming back. And he was like, I don't know, dude. I saw this new Game of Thrones. It wasn't that good. (laughs) I just... (laughs) Gather the brains, we will soon be
1: arriving.
0: The dead are coming back. Are you talking about Dallas Rains? He's right,
1: (laughs) he's alive. The other one,
0: (laughs) the dead would soon be resurrected, and this would bring the removal of the whites and their works in the west. In order to bring the ancestors back from the dead, he would need to use Wadzy Wab's ghost dance ceremony quickly. Word spread across the other tribes that the Paiute people were practicing the ghost dance ceremony again. The other tribes sent delegates to investigate the claims of a new and powerful prophet, and most sent them in disbelief or just kind of to be cordial, because once this news comes out, you're supposed to be like, alright, let's send somebody. But whatever the reason was that they sent their men, almost all of them returned to their respective tribes to urge them to join Wavoka in ushering in a new world. The new believers also brought their tribes a letter from Wavoka, and this is the Messiah letter as translated by James Mooney. I, Jack Wilson, love you all, and my heart is filled with gladness for the gifts you have brought me. When you get home, I shall give you a good reign. The Messiah says that when your friends die, you must not cry. You must not hurt anybody or do harm to anyone. You must not fight. Do right always. It will give you satisfaction in life. Do not tell the white people about this, which fucking... Oops. Sorry. (laughs) That's the whole point of this podcast. Do not tell the white people about this. Jesus is now upon the earth. He appears like a cloud. The dead are alive again. I do not know when they will be here. Maybe this fall or in the spring. When the time comes, there will be no more sickness and everyone will be young again. Do not refuse to work for the whites and do not make any trouble with them until you leave them. When the earth shakes at the coming of the new world, don't be afraid. It will not hurt you. This is kind of uh, a shortened version, an abridged version of the letter that I made because the rest of the letter includes detailed instructions on how to correctly perform the five day long ghost dance. Wow. Because it is a it is uh, you dance every night for four nights and on the fourth night you dance until the morning of the fifth day. Wow. You can't find the ghost dance. The closest thing you can find is to look up round dance ceremony. And it's uh, essentially they would stand in a circle, hold hands, and they would shuffle to the sides and do intricate steps inside of the circle all while dancing to a singular drums beat and chanting the whole time. Early on, too, another different group of people sent delegates to investigate the claims of the new prophet in the West, a relatively new religious group in Utah known as the Mormons.
1: Oh, shit! This is Joseph Smith-level Mormons, where they be having wives out the yang. So
0: this is, at this point, this is after Joseph Smith was assassinated, and then after uh, Brigham Young died died even so after after that this is in 1889 and 1890 at this point so
1: later yeah
0: um and what the mormons found when they got there were familiar christian ideals with a spin similar to their own we're not going to take a deep dive into the mormons right now because they are a group that completely deserves their entire own series but One of the most famous and contentious points of the Mormons' beliefs was that upon dying, the holy devoted will be given their own new world.
1: This is actually a thing where Mormons and Native Americans are kind of close at certain points in history. Mm -hmm. Uh, My great-grandfather was Mormon, and my great-grandmother was Native, and... He specifically married her in part because he believed of the connection between the Mormons and the natives.
2: I I just have a question. Does that have to do with the fact that they were both kind of like exiled to similar places or? Not
1: necessarily. Um. I th- if From what I understand, and I could be very wrong, uh, it had more to do with the fact that they believe that Christ has appeared in the Americas to the Native Americans. Interesting. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. There's also a lot of the similarities tend to come from the renewed world theory. Currently, the beliefs are that you will join God and become one with God. Or that is what I could gleam off of the renewed world concept. But it seems like before they used to believe that you would get your own renewed world where you would be a God in that world because our God came from his mortal world and now he's our God.
2: I should specify only men.
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: Cool. 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 Does that mean just like women don't have a soul, or what's the no? No. No. Us? No. No. It's
1: it's usually that you would join your husband's world. Yeah. Oh. You're like an,
0: uh, the assistant manager of New Earth.
1: That's why you have to get married. Yeah.
0: Oh. And you need a lot of assistant managers because you need one for the shift, the night shift, you know. So that's why if you
1: want to have zone coverage for your retail <laughs> planet, you need multiple middle management. My planet's an
0: old navy. <laughs> <laughs> it's the. The Mormons believed in kind of like the renewed world theory and a lot of the native tribes that they came across also believed in a form of renewed world. What they weren't necessarily telling the Mormons at the time is that the renewed world they were talking about didn't
1: include the Mormons. Did not include white
0: people. <laughs> it's almost strictly like not about that. So that's yeah, what... but, but like leave it to white people to be like, oh, there's gonna be a
1: new world. Cool, we'd love that. And it's like you weren't invited. You, oh, yeah. there's gonna be a new world. Cool,
2: we'll be the boss of that. Yay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like when
0: you and a friend at the, like you and your friendly coworker are talking about after work plans, and like that guy you don't really fuck with is just like are we all going to the bar i
1: have fully accidentally been that person one time where someone was talking about something cool and i was like oh that sounds cool i totally come to that and they were like uh and i was like or not never mind don't worry about it that's fine
0: how'd it feel to be a mormon i know i was just like damn so the Mormons used this ghost dance movement to their advantage, because if a completely separate group of people could come to a similar conclusion, then it must say something about the validity of their religious views. So the Mormons both accepted and even helped spread the ghost dance movement. Nice. That's fucking, that was one of the things I read with it was like, what the fuck? That's crazy. And with traction from devoted delegates and a small backing from the Mormons, a large number of Western tribes began preaching Wovoka's word, the message that if all Western tribes could live together in harmony, they would usher in a brand new world. So now we're going to head a little bit into the speculation zone, because my familiarity with these stories uh, and interactions come from books and letters translated into English. I do not know what the actual intent was, but that sure as shit never stopped me from speculating before, so here's what <laughs> we no. I don't think Wovoka's prophecy was necessarily meant to be taken literally. I think that Wovoka wanted to unite all of the Western Native Americans into one big, quote-unquote, tribe, or at least a peaceful community, because he, being Wovoka, was accepting of white people, having worked for them, lived with them before, and even learned and accepted them as family. But in his initial vision, he mentioned being the deputy of the West and leaving President Harrison as the deputy of the East. So I think Wavoka thought if they had a big enough group, they could persuade the settlers to leave and go back home to the East Coast. So this new world he spoke of may have not been a literal new earth. It might just be a world where everyone could live together in peace and not have to worry about white people coming in the middle of the night and killing a band of your people. Right. Yeah,
2: they don't want anyone to call the cops on their barbecue. Essentially. Exactly.
0: Yeah. They're just
1: like, "Hey, can we just can you just like leave us alone?" That'd be super yeah, cool. Yeah, we're unfortunately really good at that, <laughs> as as whites.
0: But regardless of his intent, the message began to spread, and like we've seen with many religions, the problem with having others delegate your message is that they can interpret it in different ways. And most people saw Wavoka as a teacher of pacifism and peace. But not everyone agreed on that part. It's kind of like the Moonies. In which way?
1: In that you had people taking the message to a bunch of different places and it doesn't always it's like playing a a weird game of telephone
0: it's like reverse moonies because moonies did it and they like took it and they were like and they made it better yeah Yeah. they just made it super cool and then the real guy showed up and they were like he's gonna be awesome and he was just drunk and being like you wanna fuck look at all my hats I smell like
2: shit I'm the best dancer I'm a very (laughs)
1: smelly boy Did I mention I got all A's? Oh wait, I didn't.
0: <laughs> the Lakota, one of the three Sioux tribes from the Great Plains in modern-day Dakota, which uh, I'm just combining North and South Dakota into one big Dakota.
1: One of my coworkers was Lakota Sioux, and she used to actually go back for tribal events. And uh, when we they were kind of protecting the water with Standing Rock, she was actually she went back for a couple days to oh, basically wow. like take time off and go. Yeah.
0: So they were one of the many tribes that were in a time of crisis at this time. Long winters followed by harsh droughts had made their lives difficult, and the constant conflict with the federal government was just making everything worse. A series of violations of the Fort Laramie Treaty of 1851 caused tension between the Lakota and the settlers. And when gold was found in the Black Hills in 1874, the U.S. failed to stop the miners from taking over the land, and they pushed the Cheyenne and Arapaho tribes into the Lakota lands. There three large tribes taking up the same mountain near Arctic i almost said arkansas (laughs) near arkansas resources became scarce and tension turned quickly to violence several battles and assaults took place between settlers and the natives over the next few years but in the winter of 1890 the lakota were visited by followers of the ghost dance movement these followers brought back great news a prophet had united many tribes with the promise of a new world And Wavoka's word was very similar to the prophecy of a Sioux man named Lame Deer. Years previously, Lame Deer told his tribe that landslides, earthquakes, and big winds would cause the hills to pile up on each other. The earth would roll up like a carpet, containing all of the white man's ugly things. The stinking new animals, the fences, the telegraph poles, the mines, the factories, their overpriced coffee, their crystals, their yoga classes, and their liberal (laughs) arts degrees would all be rolled up
1: oh man i am in trouble i represent like four of those things
0: (laughs) the handlebar mustaches the the made to order lipsticks now i'm just thinking of things you guys do
2: i don't have a mustache do i have a mustache no i do (laughs) it's blonde though so it hides well
0: underneath all of this would be a wonderful renewed world as it had been before the white fat takers which is a name that they had for White people at the time? Fat takers?
1: I mean, that does describe kind of what we are.
0: (laughs) Fat, we take
1: everything. (laughs) Sounds about right.
0: The white men would be rolled up and sent back to their own continent. Because of the similarity, the Lakota tribe accepted the ghost ants into their tribe. Only their chief sitting bull made one big change to the movement. He introduced ghost shirts, which at first sounds a lot like camouflage. It is not camouflage. Uh... Ghost shirts were clothing blessed by shamans that would protect the wearer from bullets.
2: The best possible merch for a band. <laughs> yes. I have a quick question. So, ghost shirts are those like were they physical? Were was there a physical object? where Were they get them? enough white sheets?
0: First of all, these are both funny because that's funny. I like Thank that. You. I like that they're like traditional ghost ghosts. shirts. Secondly, I love the thought that you think that they're just pantomiming putting on a t-shirt. <laughs>
2: yeah, like the emperor's new clothes.
0: No, oh, they like, I it's, like, of, I, garment, like it's, it's
2: like an invisible garment, or it's like a spiritual garment. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is. Yeah. It's a.
0: It's a physical garment. So they are this. It just looks like clothing of the time period
2: is there like are there specific markings on that are that are like this is a ghost shirt or is it because they're blessed ghost
0: shirts in general may have come not from like a traditional or uh ancient practice they actually think that it came from the mormons because the Mormons had fancy underwear, special underwear, yeah, that would protect them from harm. So uh, there was a rumor that had spread that Sitting Bull converted to Catholicism. So basically, everyone came down to try and convert them. And I think one of the Mormon selling points were like, "Check out my fucking underwear, dude." <laughs>
2: hmm. Try and shoot me with a bullet. Try and shoot me. With... Okay, maybe don't try. Maybe don't test God. Stand, maybe,
0: stand for the back
1: because these are still muskets. And, it's more, yeah.
0: it's more metaphorical. Can I show th- you my space work, look, I can put on a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the, yeah, they are they are physical objects that they okay. put on. They are actual shirts.
2: Catholics also have a thing like this. They're called scapulas, and they're little uh, blessed pieces. They look like a postage stamp with like twine around it, and you're supposed to wear it all the time so that if you die, you automatically go to heaven.
1: What? I didn't that even sounds know. sounds like a cheat my, code. My, my it's a mom grew up
2: Catholic, and I've never heard about this. My family was super Catholic. Right.
1: Level up all right
0: the settlers were alarmed by the spread of the ghost dance from the great basin to the great plains several tribes were practicing the eerie dance they worried that the natives were uniting and planning an attack on their settlements and cities in the great plains where the lakota lived the standing rock agency decided to take some native chiefs into custody to try and quell what they called the messiah craze The agency sent in armed police to arrest the Lakota chief, Sitting Bull, in his home, and when the chief refused to go with the officers, they resorted to using force and the tribe engaged them to stop them from taking their chief. A Lakota man shot one of the officers who reacted by shooting Sitting Bull in the chest with his revolver. Another officer shot Sitting Bull directly in the head, killing the chief the lakota and the other surrounding tribes became fearful that an all-out war was coming so they left their homes in order to journey to the pine ridge reservation so that they could all join up with the oglala lakota if a battle was going to happen there would be strength in numbers on december 28, 1890 the large group of natives traveling to pine ridge were stopped by a patrol unit of the 7th cavalry regiment of the united states army The unit escorted the Native Americans five miles west to Wounded Knee Creek, where they told them to set up camp. In the evening, the rest of the 7th Cavalry Regiment arrived, bringing the soldiers' manpower up to 500 men. The natives were only about 350 strong, with 230 men and 120 women and children. The troops surrounded the native encampment and set up their posts. At daybreak, the cavalry ordered the natives to surrender their weapons and immediately leave what the cavalry was now calling the Zone of Military Operations. The cavalry confiscated over 38 rifles, and the natives were not happy and tensions rose higher and higher. Yellowbird, a Lakota man, began performing the ghost dance and instructed the Lakota men to put on their ghost shirts. As troops tried to make Bird stop, another Lakota man, Black Coyote, was aggravating the cavalry by not handing over his rifle. The older Black Coyote spoke no English, and even if he did, it wouldn't matter because he was deaf. As the troops continued to bark orders at the old man, other Lakota began shouting, ''He's deaf and stop! He cannot hear your orders!'' two soldiers grabbed black coyote from behind causing his rifle to go off and at the same moment yellow bird threw dust into the air and five young lakota warriors threw aside their blankets and fired their concealed rifles at cavalry men very quickly the conflict became an all-out massacre at close range, the natives and cavalry began firing at each other, but with no cover and most of the natives unarmed, the fighting only lasted a few minutes. At the post surrounding the encampment, other soldiers began firing machine guns into the camp, killing innocent women and children. Some of the Lakota women and children were able to escape and flee for the nearby ravine, but officers had completely lost control of their men and the soldiers began chasing the innocent civilians and killing any wounded natives they could find. After the dust had cleared, the 7th Cavalry had killed or injured 300 of the 350 Lakota people. Oh my god. They loaded only 51 survivors, of which only four were men, onto a wagon and took them to the Pine Ridge Reservation. The cavalry suffered only 29 casualties, most of which were due to friendly fire by their own machine gunners. Following a three-day blizzard, the cavalry hired civilians to bury the dead Lakota, the civilians found the bodies frozen. They gathered the bodies and buried them in a mass grave on a hill overlooking the encampment. General Miles, commander of the United States Army, criticized the commander of the 7th Cavalry, James Forsyth. General Miles said that James Forsyth had disobeyed his orders in an attempt to deliberately massacre innocent natives. Unfortunately, America's reaction to the tragedy was largely favorable, and they were afraid that the natives were uniting and thought that the ghost dance movement was a murderous cult. An example of this sentiment is an editorial written by L. Frank Baum, who is the author of The Wonderful Wizard of of Oz. Oz. So this is what Frank Baum said the pioneer the newspaper that he wrote for has before declared that our only safety depends on the extermination of indians having wronged them for centuries we had better in order to protect our civilization followed up one more wrong and wipe these untamed and untamable creatures from the face of this earth In this lies further safety for our settlers and their soldiers who are under incompetent orders. Otherwise, we may expect future years to be as full of trouble with these redskins as those have been in the past. That
1: is horrifying. I also think it's really interesting to note that he's like, yeah, we have definitely wronged them, so we should kill them before they come back at us. And it's like... Yeah.
2: How about stop yeah. wronging them? It means genocide.
0: Yeah. Well, Volca was devastated by the Wounded Knee massacre, and he wasn't alone. Interest and participation in the ghost dance dropped dramatically, as other tribes feared similar acts of violence would come to them if they continued. The ceremony continues on to this day, but mostly in secret, and is a way to honor those who were murdered by the United States military at Wounded Knee. Wavoka continued to serve as a prominent Native American leader and medicine man. He would often travel to events on reservations across the United States. He is believed to have passed away peacefully on September 29, 1932, at the ripe old age of 76. He died in Yarrington, Nevada, the town where he worked at David Wilson's ranch, and he was buried in the Paiute Cemetery in the town of Shurs, Nevada.
2: So, Ghost Dance not really a cult
0: no it was a new religious movement that a lot of uh the white settlers saw it happening and were like i don't like any of that shit.
2: which okay for context have you ever been to a friend's church where everyone knows the words and you don't yes and it's scary and it's weird i took my friend to my church who is which is catholic church And in Catholic church, sometimes in the morning ceremonies, we don't have like a full choir. So we just say the songs and it sounds creepy as hell. So my friend came, she's like, where did you take me? This is so scary (laughs) Mm -hmm. because everyone in the church knows the words, but you don't imagine that happening. But you also don't know that language. Of course, that's going to feel scary and menacing to you because you don't understand what's happening, but, and you're going to vilify this thing that you don't understand.
0: Well, imagine being a group of white people in the 1800s and passing a group of people who are dancing and just being like, Oh my God, what is that? And they're like that. It's rhythm, and white people were just like, "What? What is it? I don't like it. <laughs> get it away from me."
2: They're just mad because they didn't get invited to the dance barbecue. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. It is, it is not a cult, and it, and labeling as cult is, like I said earlier, the equivalent of like labeling voodoo as a cult. Like it's not dangerous. It right. was, in fact, it was mostly good because he was like. We're going to believe in pacifism. I don't want to fight. I don't want anyone to fight. We've lost too many people. We should stop fighting.
2: Well, and and the issue here is he was like, yo, let's just leave these. Like, how far do we have to travel to leave these white people behind? Like, how do we band together so that they'll just leave us alone? Right. That's really all they wanted it is became, to be left
0: alone. It became very clear fairly quickly that there's nowhere on the continent you could go where white people wouldn't come, stop, drop, and open up shop, if you will.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just thinking of this up.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's not a cult. It's not a dangerous religion. He was trying to bring everyone together so that he could build one big community, and he was also trying to end the wars between Native people because while this was happening, uh especially the earlier parts, like they're fighting with the federal government. They're also fighting amongst themselves, not within the Paiute tribe necessarily, but from tribe to tribe, they Mm -hmm. were fighting. So he wanted to organize everyone and bring them all together to fight one common enemy, really by not fighting, by just existing, by living.
2: How long was the ghost dance illegal for after
0: this? It was never illegal. It was just kind of like... Everyone saw what happened at Wounded Knee and were like, they got killed because of the ghost dance. And I don't want to do that thing because they're just going to come after me. You also have to think that the whole reason they were on their journey was because uh, they saw what happened... To sitting bowl and they're like i can't let that happen to me we gotta go now and then it fucking happened so they were like well i'm not gonna do the ghost dance because it's just gonna happen to me it's gonna happen again i was like oh i want to look up a, a wild west cult because i'm enjoying this cowboy video game so much and then i read everything it was like man cowboys kind of ass
2: <laughs> i mean yeah the the whole story of the west is really just a tragedy yeah because it's just it's it's enti- it's the death of a culture.
0: Yeah, it really you know? is.
2: And it's just it's sad. There's so many languages that have been lost like native languages that just mm-hmm. don't exist anymore because of what uh, of, of white people, <laughs> it's cuz of white people.
0: There's also like one of the most upsetting things reading the like aftermath or current aftermath of uh these things that happen Like, the 7th Cavalry, multiple people for Wounded Knee earned Medals of Honor. And they, the federal government was urged by Native American descendants of those who were killed at Wounded Knee. And they were like, hey, please rescind that award. Because I understand the Medal of Honor is an award for valor, and that's Perfectly okay, but you awarded a bunch of men who chased down women and children and slaughtered them when they didn't need to. Yeah. yeah. And also, that, that thing I said about uh, General Miles uh, chewing out Forsyth and being like, he fucking disobeyed my orders so he could intentionally kill Native Americans. They did a judiciary hearing, but it wasn't a formal court martial. So there was some backwards fucking bullshit going on. And he was basically. Uh, exonerated and given back his position. Gross. So th- these people still hold their honors. And in fact, after Wounded Knee happened, the 7th Cavalry started taking money donations so that they could fund a monument to the 29 people who died of on their side at Wounded Knee and put a statue at Wounded Knee for the 29 men that they killed. With their own machine guns.
2: Is there a monument at Wounded Knee for the Native people that died?
0: Yes, there is. It was built by St. John's Episcopal Mission Church in 1903. So, a couple, uh, like ten years after the 7th Cavalry built theirs, <laughs> is when the people they slaughtered got one. Fun time. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, it's really shitty. And I wanted you people to feel bad about yourselves. So <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you guys did not do this, but this is a story that everyone should know. Yeah. Because somebody had told me about Ghost Dance before, and I was like, oh, that sounds super interesting. And then as soon as I looked up Ghost Dance, I found a book called Ghost Dance and Wounded Knee Massacre. And I was like, what the fuck? And I didn't realize how much of a role this religious movement played in the wounded knee massacre itself, which is a huge part of history that I feel like we don't talk about a lot. And a lot of the reason of why we don't talk about it is because of everything that we just talked about today.
2: Right, right, right. Yeah, it's a real, real bummer. Yeah, <laughs> real bummer. Dude. I found out
0: that the term I found out that the term whitewashing is an actual term.
2: Yeah, and Mm
0: -hmm. I I didn't know that. It just means lying about facts to make white people not look as bad.
1: Right. Yeah. It it comes from a word for painting something, painting something colorful with a literally a white wash to make it look more white, and like it's an actual painting thing. Yeah. So when we refer to it in regards to facts, it's basically taking history to make it look. More white.
0: Real interesting. But, yeah, this it's one... It's like
1: whenever people refer to slaves on plantations as indentured servants. Yeah. What? That, that, <laughs> oh, have you not heard that on the I news recently? not heard that. Oh, I, I had to not... I had to leave the room so I didn't throw things at my television. Yeah. I was it's, very
0: upset. It's in the South. There's certain uh, schools where the curriculum is the Civil War was an issue over states' rights. Instead of
2: it was about slavery. It was a hundred percent about slavery. Yeah. What's
0: up? It's it's just it is the uh, it was
2: the states' rights to have slavery. That's what it was. Yeah. That's the right. That was the whole issue.
0: The South surprisingly has a pretty good publicist. It's what it seems like.
1: They're like, "We got biscuits, y'all," and you're just like, "What you say?"
0: Damn you, biscuits and gravy! <laughs> I'll set aside my morals for today.
2: Uh, it is weird though, because like. We went, when we went to, even when we went to New Orleans, we were on a, we were on a bus trip with some people. We were going to see the gators, which I was down for. And the people that we were on the trip was like, we're going to go look at a plantation. And we're like... I have no interest in no. visiting a terrifying plantation where... It's just a
0: bunch of white people from, what, Chicago? And I was yeah. like, what, are you taking a victory lap? Why would you <laughs> want to go to
2: a plantation? Yeah, I don't get it. I don't understand why people want to get married on plantations. If you get married on a plantation, I hope your children get cursed. Like, it's Whoa. weird.
1: I mean, they're, they're a giant, pretty yeah, house. So I, would, I kind of understand, but I also, see... I personally would probably not ever be okay with that. No. It would make
2: me feel like a space imbued with that much horrible history would make me feel so bad I don't think I could get married there like I don't want the happiest day of my life to be on a place of someone else's unimaginable suffering
0: I don't like the plantation homes I don't like big homes they freak me out they're always haunted if you have more than five rooms in your house your house is haunted
1: well I mean if you even if
0: they just built it
1: if you built your house on the back of a bunch of people that you tortured and killed that's definitely gonna be haunted
0: yeah brought that on yourself Anyway, I hope you enjoy your fucking haunted marriage. Definitely one person out there listening. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's been this episode, guys. Boy, bet you didn't bet you guys didn't see that feature spot from the Malheur National Wildlife Refuge Uh, coming. I was
1: very excited to hear about the
2: Malheur National Refuge. Yeah, that was wow. Our national parks are pretty great.
0: A lot of national parks actually come from old reservations that they took back because the federal government a bit of a baby about shit. Not very doesn't want to share uh they're like the kid that had toys they didn't want to play with and then somebody was like i could have a lot of use for this and they're like it's my toy stop it or i'm calling my mom the army there's gold in this toy i didn't know there was gold (laughs) in
2: this toy until now i want this toy back you can have this other shitty toy that you'll discover gold in, and then i'll take back later
0: Right. Anyway, if you want to protect the national parks from the Hammonds and Bundys, you can do so by purchasing stuff from com, which is the website for OpenSkies Trading Company. OpenSkies Trading Company has a lot of great products, such as shirts, posters, uh, dog collars, keychains. Or people collars, if you swing that way.
1: Yeah, 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 they are extendable.
0: And uh, yeah, they they got Armando collars. Um, they come in my size. No, they, they probably don't. don't. They There's don't. A, I have such a thick neck.
1: Your head is the size of a bulldog. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. Damn, this is a good roast. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah. And if you want to find Open Skies Trading Company, you can go to OpenSkiesTrading.com, or you can find them on Facebook and Instagram, which is at Open Skies Trading Co. That's Open Skies Trading C. Oh, and if you want to find me on social media to like I don't know tell me what you've been doing in Red Dead Redemption 2 and how I ruined Red Dead Redemption 2 for you by doing this episode then you can find me on Instagram and Twitter which is at Mondo does stuff that's M-A-N-D-O does stuff
1: I would have gotten a Mondo leash but Home Depot was out of ratchet strap <laughs> uh, if, if you're also sad about today's episode or Rocket Man. Uh, feel free to let me know at Paige Wesley on Twitter or at Rampage Wesley on Instagram.
2: Uh, if you want to send me, has anyone else read the book The Girl Who Loved Wild Horses? That's that's no, great but book.
1: I am not at all surprised that you did.
0: <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's your Instagram bio. <laughs> uh,
2: there's a really good book called The Girl Who Loved Wild Horses, and if anyone else read it as a child or anything else by that author whose name I can't remember right now, uh, send it my way uh, on all the things at Sundress Comic or. Uh, at Andre Zed on Instagram, if you want to check out my art, and uh, let's talk about uh, you know horses, horse girl things, whatever. Let's I'm writing a book
0: it. called "The Girl Who Loved the Book." The girl who loved. The <laughs>
1: <Horse>. <laughs> she couldn't remember the author. Chapter two. <laughs>
0: Damn, book writing is easy. Uh, if you like our show and you want to follow us on social media, you can do so on Instagram at Cult Podcast
1: or on Twitter at Cult Podcast Show.
0: You can also send us an email to Cult Podcast Show. At gmail.com
1: or if you want to send us actual stuff like beaver nuggets or more wine for Andrea or <laughs> yes. um, snakes if you want to send no us- no. No. no no hard no <laughs> hard no on snakes if, if you want to send us your fan fiction about the Texas snake hunter <laughs> You can send that to three seven five six West Avenue forty Sweet K number two thirty seven like, like the, the shining. shining. Thank you, baby Jesus. Los Angeles, California nine zero zero six five. There's a snake in that hole. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, baby Jesus, for letting us see the snake in this hole. And then he puts them back where he found them.
0: Uh, Speaking of things and places you wouldn't exist, we are going on the road. We're in San Diego on June 29th.
1: Yay! Yay. It's a
0: Saturday. Uh, We're doing a live show. It's so so
1: live! We'll be there in person. Yeah! Not a ghost.
0: No. It's going to be on June 29th, Saturday at... 7 30 p.m. at the comedy palace in san diego california
1: yay we've yay. already sold a fair amount of tickets so mm-hmm. it's gonna be a good good show get your tickets now to make sure that you actually get
0: some yep yep, yep. tickets are ten dollars or 15 at the door and you can buy them now at com slash San Diego or you can go to Show.com and then go to the show's page.
1: And if you come to our live show you will get the first peek at our merch. Hell yeah, merch. Come get
0: it. Come give me all your fucking money. I don't know why I said it that aggressively. Why it's because I'm so... playing a game about being an outlaw and I'm thinking like an outlaw now. No, you're not. I'm an outlaw. Listen to me. Hit my jewel. I'd love to see you
2: chop some wood.
1: Oh, I would love to see you try to chop wood and then give up because you couldn't breathe after three logs.
0: You guys are idiots. I would steal the wood like a real.
1: Do you know how heavy wood is? <laughs> have you ever split <laughs> logs? Nope. Oddly I, have. Enough, I have split logs because my grandparents had a cabin and they would actually have to, like, have firewood <laughs> and it is fucking
2: hard yeah i
0: just lived in a you i just lived in a place where you would never think about trying to get warmer
2: that's accurate, that's, that, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, accurate.
0: Yeah. Outlaw. all right uh well i've been armando outlaw torres i don't know why i'm doing an outro i i yeah
1: i don't Outtro. either um i would say for this one don't drink in the idea that Manifest Destiny was a good thing because it was just genocide. And don't drink the Kool-Aid.
0: Bye!